Good evening, and welcome to episode 6 of Poetic Plonk. Thanks again for tuning in. And as usual, if you're enjoying the podcast, then go ahead and give us a review on Spotify. All it needs is a star review. You don't have to write anything, none of that nonsense. It helps us grow and pass the podcast along together. So today, we'll actually be exploring a poem that was suggested by one of our listeners. Now, I will save the listener public humiliation by not name-dropping them, but I would like to give a big shout-out to you. So thank you very much for the suggestion. And please do keep giving me your suggestions, you know? It can be any poem whatsoever. doesn't matter what the genre or topic is. I'd love to hear any feedback, and it also kind of gives me insights into the listeners as to how you resonate with certain poems and what type of genres you also like. Basically what I'm saying is any suggestions are welcome, anything with a story is worth storytelling. So let's get into episode 6. So in this episode we'll be exploring the poem The Guy in the Glass, written by Dale Wimbro. And the poem doesn't just have a meaningful story, but it also has a very wholesome background behind it. And Wimbro's family actually created a website to commemorate the poem. Now, this actually came with quite a few drawbacks because they decided to create the website as they realized that quite a lot of poets and creators have tried to claim and imitate this poem as their own. And this has also meant that not only has Wimbro not really got the credit and recognition that he deserves, but the poem has often been labelled as anonymous, which, again, leads to the fact that he doesn't get as much credit and recognition as he deserves. And on top of all this, the name of the poem is often incorrectly labelled as the man in the glass instead of the guy in the glass, which can, well, not just lead to confusion, but it's obviously the wrong title. And if you go on Wikipedia and search Wimbro's name, then you can clearly see here that they falsely named Wimbro's poem as the man in the glass. So there's a pretty clear example. Obviously, Wikipedia isn't really known as the most legitimate source out there, but it's, I think it's obviously very well known worldwide. So I find it quite amusing that they, they butchered the name of the poem on Wikipedia. So as I said, this all led to Wimbro's family creating the website to dedicate this whole poem to Wimbro in order for him to get the recognition that he deserves. Now, for some background on Wimbro himself and the poem, Peter Wimbro, who's, as I said, known as Dale Wimbro, wrote The Guy in the Glass in 1934, which is a fairly old poem. And he published the poem at a time in an American magazine called The American Magazine, which enabled Winbro to basically attain the copyright for the poem at that time. Now, according to the website, and in that sense, Winbro's family, the subtext of the poem is very clear. And they say that you can fool and trick everyone you want in life, but you can't fool the person who's staring back at you from the glass. And what they mean there, which I guess you guys will here once the poem's read out, is that the person who's staring back at you from the glass is essentially yourself, the person you're looking at in the mirror. You can never fool yourself. 
meaning no matter what type of person you are, obviously this is excluding extreme personalities such as psycho or sociopaths, but no matter what type of person you are, you will know deep down if you truly are a good person or not. But we'll explore this further in the exploration of the poem. Now, as a lot of poets often are, Wimbro is another one of those poets who is multi-talented in his own right. He was a composer, a radio artist, and a writer. So Wimbro was actually born in June 1895 in Maryland in the USA, and he began his early career in the music and radio industry, where he wrote and performed songs with different orchestras. And further on in his life, in 1934, he embarked on writing the poem The Guy in the Glass for, as I said, the American publication The American Magazine. And during this time, the poem actually gained the vast majority of its popularity through people just passing the magazine on. And by that, I mean magazine clippings of the poem, meaning that it was quite easy for the author to lose the credit here because, I mean, magazine clippings are quite messy. Essentially, you're just ripping a piece of paper out of a magazine, which could mean that quite a lot of the time the author would still be on that piece of paper in the magazine and unfortunately not on the piece of paper that was ripped out. Now, Wimber's poem is even recognised to this day. Actually, it was recited by the Southampton Football Club manager, or the former Southampton Football Club manager, Nigel Adkins, in a post-match BBC interview in 2012. Unfortunately, Adkins' team did experience a heavy defeat at the time. It was a, I believe it was a 3 or a 4-1 defeat to West Ham. Anyway, although Adkins did slightly misread the poem by jumbling the order of some lines here and there, I think this goes to show just how much of an outreach that certain poets have. And I guess not just an outreach, but also an influence. Because I think when we often think about literature, the vast majority of us associate literature with just books, and not necessarily poetry. So I think it's quite nice to see that it's still... Well, in this sense, this actual poem is still getting the recognition that it deserves. So I hope I do the Wimborough family and Peter Wimborough himself justice when I read this poem. So, without further ado, this is The Guy in the Glass by Dale Wimborough. When you get what you want in your struggle for pelf, and the world makes you king for a day, then go to the mirror and look at yourself and see what that guy has to say. For it isn't your father or mother or wife who judgment upon you must pass. The fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the guy staring back from the glass. He's the fellow to please, never mind all the rest, for he's with you clear up to the end. And you've passed your most dangerous, difficult test if the guy in the glass is your friend. You may be like Jack Horner and Chiseler Plum and think you're a wonderful guy. But the man in the glass says you're only a bum if you can't look him straight in the eye. You can fool the whole world down the pathway of years and get pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartaches and tears if you've cheated the guy in the glass. So let's unravel things with actually the first line in the poem, which is 
when you get what you want in your struggle for pelf. Now, instantly here, you can see how old the poem is because you wouldn't use the word pelf nowadays. It's definitely archaic in that sense. And pelf actually is a term for dirty money. So basically money that is gained in a dishonest or dishonorable way. And this line essentially states that if you are successful in, in earning money through dishonest methods, then at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, you might realize that you're really not as good of a person as, as you think. And even if you don't think you're a good person, then essentially, can you live with yourself? And I think this is an, an interesting way to start the poem because it doesn't start really with positive connotations, even though the the poem itself, I wouldn't say has an overall negative vibe or emotion tied to it. I'd say it's more neutral. It's not really positive either because there are negative aspects throughout. But I do find it interesting that, that Wimbro here decides to start things quite negatively. But it definitely does get the poem going in an interesting way to think about or... I guess in that sense, you're putting yourself in the shoes of someone who essentially deceives people. And would you be able to look at yourself in the mirror in that situation and still think you're a good guy? I guess it's uh, it's an interesting one for sure. Now, the next line that I want to delve into is the fellow whose verdict counts most in your life is the guy staring back from the glass. Now, for me, this summarizes the whole message and subtext of the poem perfectly because it's stating that at the end of the day it really is just your own opinion and self-value that matters. I think deep down we do all know this but to be honest the most difficult challenge in that sense is actually believing it rather than just knowing it because those are very different things and I think that applies to quite a lot of things in life that we might realize that something might be irrational, but it's 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 a lot different recognizing something than actually being able to to address it and in this context believe it. Now, never mind all the rest in this in this uh, line presents the aspect of forgetting about everyone and everything else. And at the end of the day, if you are a bad person, but you've manipulated or deceived people, then deep down you'll know. And I think even though the message of the poem is to essentially just value your own opinion and your own self-value, that never mind all the rest is, is quite applicable to a lot of us. I mean, I can definitely relate to it because I think sometimes we all struggle with the whole concept of people-pleasing and there are situations where you just feel like you want to please everyone. But actually, I want to I want to delve into that a bit more at the the end of this episode, where I talk about how I personally relate to the poem and, and how it resonates with me. So before we move on to the to the last part of the exploration, I just want to quickly provide more context to the Jack Horner reference, because to be honest, when I initially read the poem, I had absolutely no clue who this guy was, which to be honest isn't really a surprise when this poem was written in 1934. But I did a bit of a Google gander, and Jack Horner is actually a, a famous paleontologist. So 
the only other paleontologist I've ever really heard of, to be honest, is Ross Geller, but that's a fictional character from Friends. I don't really know any paleontologists, um, but that's just because that's not really my where my interests lie. And Jack Horner's mentioned in the line, you may be like Jack Horner and Chisler Plum, which, as a paleontologist, I think, is quite humorous in itself because Jack Horner would be used to architect architectural no archaeological digs um and horner himself actually is a very famous paleontologist so he was credited for providing the first well the first clear evidence that there are dinosaurs who do provide and care for their younglings and therefore horner in this sense chiseling a plum which would be quite weird to do if you're just chiseling a plum um is, is kind of there to show that if you're the type of person that does something very easy or basic and still try and sell yourself to people as an amazing person, then do you still look at yourself in the mirror and really put value on yourself? I think that's my personal opinion, the, the message of this line. And I think, to be honest, that's just because <laughs> this line I can relate to to someone in my life, which I'm obviously not going to mention, but I think we all know that person who thinks the world of themselves and likes to tell everyone about it, really. And well, it could be an annoying colleague at work who doesn't work very much, but sells their work very well and tells everyone they're the busiest person going. Or it could just be, you know, a classmate who's not really contributing much to the group project, but will sell themselves well enough to the professor to make the professor believe that they're a key contributor. So as I said, I want to spend the last few minutes of the episode reflecting on how I personally relate to the poem and, like I said, how it resonates with me. And the poem resonates with me the most as it hits home the importance of mostly being happy with yourself, which I guess is quite obvious that is the overall message of the poem. But I think it's more that you shouldn't really care what other people think. Obviously, I'm not saying that you should be a complete narcissist and just forget about everyone else. But I think sometimes it's very easy to get caught up just trying to please everyone. Now, I did hint at this earlier, but I think for me, in terms of being a people pleaser, I wouldn't necessarily say I am one. But there definitely are situations when I'm trying to maybe organize dinner, drinks, or just some sort of social event with friends where I do try and please everyone. And at the end of the day, I think it's just really time to realize that it's near on impossible to create a plan that everyone will be happy with. Now, sure, you can do it. I mean, with dinner, it's easier because well, everyone likes pizza, right? So if you go to a pizza place, then most likely everyone will enjoy it. But you never know. It's, like I said, near on impossible, not impossible. And I think also with work, it's quite easy to get caught up with important meetings or even if you've got exams at university or just at school, that thinking that these situations will be the be-all and end-all and, you know, that they're life or death. I think at the end of the day, you've just got to sit back, reflect and think, hang on a minute, who am I really doing this for? Because sure, the pressure is, it's good putting pressure on yourself, but realistically, as long as you're doing everything you can to, 
to better yourself, be your true self and be there for those around you and for those that you love, then I think you're doing good in life, you know, you can be quite satisfied. I think it's just, it's interesting to read poems like this where it does kind of make it seem so simple that sometimes you just, the most important thing is to just be happy with yourself and then you can be happy with life and I think it's a simple belief and if you can somehow master that as to it being a belief rather than it just being a concept then yeah you're very much winning at the game of life. So I guess in that sense Wimbro is really saying if you focus on yourself then at the end of your life you'll be happy with what you achieved because if you're constantly trying to impress other people or if you're even the type of person who's deceiving people and just being dishonest in general, then at the end of your life, you'll look into the mirror or in this poem, look into the glass and essentially it'll just be heartaches and tears because you'll regret what you've done and wish you could have changed everything if you've cheated yourself essentially. And on that note, that brings us to the end of the episode. So do let me know which parts of the poem resonate with you the most or bits that you find most intriguing. And how do you relate to it? Do you use this as a belief in your life or do you just view it as a certain perspective? And if you want to keep up to date with the podcast, then there's an easy solution. Just simply click the bell button on the podcast homepage and you'll get notified each time an episode comes out. So I'd like to wish you all a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and good night. I'll see you on the next one.